0: Salt and Bone, a podcast about conjuring skills for the apocalypse. I'm Jenna. I'm a farmer, fermenter, forager, witch, and enthusiastic naturalist.
1: I'm Kami, a supreme hyphenate artist, producer, organizer, etc., born in Scarborough into an Armenian family displaced from the Swana region.
0: Hi. Hi. (laughs) Happy March. Yes. Happy almost spring. Oh my God. Next week, equinox. Yes. That's why we're here today. Sunday, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Today's the measured excitement episode. Do you want to explain why we called this episode that?
0: Yeah. March is like one fuck of a month. Like, you're like so amped. You're like, spring's in March. Technically, things start to get going. Birds come back. You're like geared up for spring. I am. Like, Mm -hmm. as people who like grow things in the earth, you're kind of like ready to roll yes. and winter in Canada is really fucking long Yeah. and I'm not into it all the time and I just want to be in my garden and I want like to be in the earth and seeing plants grow and seeing moths and like weird bugs wandering around my yard and smelling flowers like that this is what I want. Yeah and
1: it's measured excitement because everything that we're doing right now and this is what this episode is about is um, we're so excited for spring but it takes so long <laughs> that it feels like it's taking forever to get there and everything that we do is uh, painstakingly slow mm-hmm. uh, in order to prepare for spring so what what would some people be doing right now at this
0: moment you know just sort of towards the end of winter yeah so There's a lot of things that you could be doing. You want to get out there. You want to be like getting all your garden prep. But like we had all our snow melted and then 10 more centimeters of snow snow fell overnight. And so back to like kind of square one. Yeah. (laughs) And we've had a really snowy winter. Like it was even hard to get around the property here Mm -hmm. because it was so much snow. So Mm -hmm. things that I am doing to keep connected to spring energy is I've started some seeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've started some flowers and some vegetables. What
1: about you? Also started some seeds, and that's always kind of like a fun challenge in the house to make space for it and then to figure out, like, how to – do we get bottom heat? Do we mm-hmm. put it over the, you know, like the the vent? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, do we get grow lights? I don't know. Do you work with grow lights for your seeds? Or I – I don't hear, like mm-hmm. when I grow, where I grow a lot more at the farm, we've got mm-hmm. some like grow lights that we mm-hmm. put things under and then we have a greenhouse, mm-hmm. like a kind of like janky greenhouse built from old windows, yeah. but it's great. Um And that's where the plants go once they right. like, real kind of danger of a lot of frost, like killing frost at night. I feel like it, it takes does. a lot of planning
1: also to figure out when to plant everything because mm-hmm. you don't want it to be too small before you put it out into the world but also not too big either you know like sometimes I'm like okay I planted this way too early I have to transplant it so many times because it's gotten too big for the pot that it's in so it takes a lot of planning to figure out also by zone right Mm -hmm. like when is the
0: time when is this going to go out when is ideal so I think for here now like things that you could be planting um is leeks you could have planted those kind of end of February Mm -hmm. so now like leeks and onions have a really really long growing season like leeks are 80 to 100 days mm-hmm. depending on the variety um so they need a good early start and then yeah. i've started some tomatoes people with greenhouses like they can wait but if right. you're kind of just starting it in the pot in the window like now is okay to go yeah yeah
1: because it grows slowly and
0: cause mm-hmm. of the, yeah
1: same i started my tomatoes as well and some flowers and
0: mm-hmm.
1: things like that but um that's always, like, the most exciting part just to see, like, okay, this is, like, your future garden inside yes. your house in these little tiny pots, right? And I don't know if you – do you plot out your – I plan my garden pretty meticulously because, like – and I keep track of it because I don't want to plant the same things
0: in the same place necessarily
1: uh, more than three years in a row. For a long
0: time, like, I've grown and worked in, like, people's gardens mm-hmm. and then, like, I've cultivated my own too, so – At this level of my life, I'm a little, like, chaos gardener. Mm -hmm. Like, I have themes that I like to work with. Um, Like, sometimes I'll go through a color theme with some of the flowers. Like, I really want to work on my goth garden, like, this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to say more about your goth garden? Okay, so Uh, (laughs) I'm really into uh, moths. I find them super fascinating. So I'm trying to grow a lot of flowers that bloom at night to kind Mm -hmm. of, like, feed the moths that feed. Um, and kind of attract different species for sure, but then also just like all the darkest, blackest flowers, yeah, gothist yes, flowers, flowers, flowers and yeah. plants and things like that. So yeah. I'm excited to work on that.
1: That's really cool, yeah. And you're also working on some uh, kind of a witch garden. Right? Yeah. Like you have some
0: Yeah, I'm trying to like semi
1: poisonous I'm trying to get yeah. better
0: with the poisonous plants this year, like Belladonna and mm-hmm. Henbane and like Datura mm-hmm. and see where that goes. Last year they were like, You're not ready for this. Oh. Like, Thank you. And this year I'm like, Let's try again. Let's do it. You need to prove yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, a little it's bit. Fair. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to grow more I um I brought some seeds back from Armenia last summer mm. and so this and so I I just planted an um, Armenia uh yarrow it's like this golden yarrow it's so Ooh. beautiful and it dries so beautifully so i planted that and i had little babies Aww. so I'm um, yeah i'm kind of ch- trying to find ways to like grow an ancestral gar- uh, ancestral garden as well you know and like see sorry that's cool. uh, yeah so that's pretty exciting
0: Ooh, i want to do an astrology like a zodiac garden Ooh. in the next few years pretty into that yeah um but i guess like speaking of gardens like I have an heirloom tomato obsession Mm -hmm. and I've been growing heirloom tomatoes for a long Mm -hmm. time and they're such a source of joy Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're so different and Mm -hmm. like every year you get a new favorite one and different colors, different tastes. So yeah, if you're going to grow a tomato, get a fucking heirloom tomato. Yeah, It's like beefsteaks. I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) Beefsteaks are such basic bullshit. Yeah.
1: So one thing I'm doing a lot of right now is kind of not just like planning my garden um, in terms of like what I'm going to grow and stuff, but also um my chickens so once a year uh, during spring once things thaw out a little bit i will i'll clean out their coop because i do like layered so i just kind of throw straw on top of their um situation and so then in the spring i have like a whole bunch of delicious compost material which i can use the following year because if i, I can't use it this year in the garden because mm-hmm. their chicken poop is too, too hot too hot yeah hot as burn, in like it
0: burns plants not burn temperature burn plants. Hot.
1: yeah <laughs> so my uh, this year i'll be able to use the compost that i had been sitting over the course of the last year and so i'm gonna like dig a pit mm-hmm. and fill it with all of that delicious soil and compost and i'm going to plant um a loofah uh, sponge plant which is a plant which i did not know and then i found out that my great-grandfather used to grow them for his village and give luffa luffas to everybody in his village that's
0: really nice i know right
1: yeah so i'm pretty excited it's a really tough thing to grow it's a very very challenging thing to grow in this area Mm -hmm. where we live so i'm not getting my hopes super way up but i am gonna give it a hell of a try so it's gonna need a lot of good soil that's why i'm thinking about compost and stuff like that and like mulching as soon as the snow melts i'm gonna mulch the shit out of my
0: garden and the paths and stuff like that um i think too like what i was thinking about today is that like you get one shot a year at getting things kind of the way you want and as well as experimenting too right mm -hmm. like if it doesn't go the way you want, you have to wait until next year to try again. Mm-hmm. Like what, for example? Um, just kind of like timing things or like mm-hmm. say you want peas in the spring, but mm-hmm. you plant them too early and they don't germinate or you plant them too late mm-hmm. and then they don't really do what you want them to do at all. There's no really... <laughs>
1: yeah. And does a lot of that have to do with like intuitive, like tuning in to the
0: weather or keeping your eye on the weather I think so. And experience too. And just Mm kind of like feeling it out, like understanding like temperature highs and lows and what plants can take. Um, like I, this month coming, I have planted like in March, I've planted potatoes last day of March before. And I've planted peas usually every year at the end of March Mm. and it takes a while in the soil, but when they come up and then they're, you get an early crop. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, we do want to talk a little bit in the future about, like, the kind of things that you can eat during the early spring, right, Um, in terms of, like, wild wild crafting?
0: Yeah, for sure. Because, like, this is such a time where you're, like, again, like, so horny for spring, like, so want to get out there and just eat fresh things. And, like, imagine you're in an existence that doesn't have grocery stores and, like, the food you have is the food that's in your community or that you've grown or preserved or prepared, and have access to, which is rather limited when you live in like four months of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so when spring comes, you're just like super into finding nutrition because mm-hmm. your body's depleted.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stuff that comes up in the early spring, right? Yeah. Like baby nettle and chicken. garlic chickweed. Yeah, and um, garlic mustard.
0: Yeah, we'll do a spring greens episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Eat too many. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, But you've been doing some research into tapping trees. Yeah. So one of
0: like the most exciting like first spring flushes of things is um, tree syrup or tree sap. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to talk a bit about that today and kind of like the how to do it, how to get to it. But um, essentially like syrup, like sap. It's kind of like, it's the sap that runs out of trees, obviously not just maple and we'll talk about that, but it's such a like mineral rich, like enzyme and nutrient dense, like liquid that just pours forth from the tree. And it's one of like the first like plant foods that we have access to. Mm. So right now in March, like with maple syrup or syrup and sap, like um, with the maple trees, you need like a window of like plus five um, in the day, minus five at night. And that's what gets the sap running in the tree which is like a, what is it? It's like a negative, positive stem pressure. Mm. That's what's going on when the sap is running.
1: Wow, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. Um, So I guess I think one thing to talk about too is like syrup versus sap. Mm -hmm. Because like you need sap to make syrup. Right. A lot of it. A lot of it. Yes. You get syrup by boiling down and evaporating the water off of like the sap. And condenses into like a sugar, sugary How much sweet.
1: Can you give me like a ratio yeah.
0: of yeah? So like for maple trees, yeah. it's forty gallons of sap to one gallon of maple syrup. Wow. For birch, it's a hundred and ten gallons to one gallon of sap of syrup.
1: I've never had birch <laughs> syrup, and probably because it's a pain in the ass It's so, so
0: good. Yeah. It's insane. Wow. Um, How's it
1: different from maple?
0: It has, like, for me, in my experience, it's like a f- deep, fruity, blackberry flavor. Wow, okay. It's like it's like blackberry molasses, almost. Wow, wow, okay. It's intense. Wow, if
1: anybody out there has any access to that, please hit us up.
0: I oh, would man. love to try some. And one thing I've learned is that the birch uh, sap runs later than maple, so we still have a real good chance at tapping some birch. From this point forward?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so. So what's the process? Yeah, the process. So, um, essentially, like, if you want to tap some trees, um, you're gonna want to start to collect some sap. And I was gonna say that sap has been—it's having like a moment, eh? The last five years, like, it's like you can buy carbonated sap mm-hmm, water, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of like an interesting way. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great people. I never really had experience like people doing that before, but now it's like everyone's just I'm like sap you. coffee and yeah. like sap martinis or like oh my god, just chugging out of the tree. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. Um, so if you're going to look to tap some trees, you first want a tree that is 12 inches in diameter. Mm -hmm, That is the size it has to be to support, um, the sap coming off of it and collecting it. If you have a tree 27 inches, uh, in diameter or more, you can put two, Mm. um, taps in it. And a tap is called a spile, like the actual metal piece that goes in. And then you keep checking your vessel that fills with sap Mm -hmm. it can like speed up or slow down depending on the weather and then when you have enough you can boil it down right um essentially it's like one hour of boiling per gallon of syrup so like a lot of people are like i'm gonna make maple syrup and they collect and it takes them like until like two in the morning to like make like 250 mils of like syrup (laughs) which is a great lesson of like yeah like making food like slow food and like time and all that Um, It always takes longer than you think.
1: Right. Measured excitement. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so, like you see in commercial or like farm operations like sugar shacks, they have those big wide evaporators because you just get like the huge surface area. I see. I see. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. I mean, like it's really funny to me because I feel like um, I can always tell when someone is from an area of the world where... They're known for their maple syrup because they're so, like, careful with how much of it they use, you know, because they're like, this is so valuable, you know, whereas, like, you go with, like, what is it, breakfast sauce or breakfast syrup or whatever they call Table it? Table syrup. Table syrup that's, like, not actually maple because it's yeah. just sugar and cornstarch, but they'll just, like, douse it, and I'm like, oh, my God, you would never do that with yeah. actual like, maple syrup. Yeah,
0: that's, like, $10. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, like Canada produces 71% of the world's maple syrup. Really? With Quebec making 91% of that. You're
1: kidding. Yeah,
0: Ontario second and then New Brunswick. And then other places in the world that are top for producing are Vermont. Vermont? Yeah. yeah, New York. Yeah. And, uh, Maine as well. Yeah. Does Armenia make maple syrup? You know,
1: <laughs> that's a good question. I don't think so, but I don't see, um why not I I, so I will say that I know I've never heard of it being made traditionally like culturally uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna just say no Mm -hmm. um and if anybody wants to correct me on that please come for me (laughs) uh but no I'm gonna say no and and you know I don't know enough about trees in Armenia for me to say but I feel like there are definitely like some maple adjacent native Mm -hmm. trees there that uh it's a good question though I'd
0: be I'd be Mm. into exploring that for sure um other places in the world, like I remember, I was in New Zealand, someone was trying to cultivate like a pocket of like maple syrup production because they had just the right window of weather. Okay, and they have the
1: trees for they it. They had the
0: trees in right. this particular area.
1: Well, it's a, it just makes me think. Also, like I, I have you read Braiding Sweetgrass? Yes. So, yeah, and the, and I love um I love like what she talks about around like uh, how it would make much more sense for us to talk about like tree nations uh as Mm. opposed to you know bordered nations Mm -hmm. so it's like maple nation or maple country and etc like of the you know because they're you know it's like you you literally cannot you can't make maple syrup if you have no maple trees right and like that is like that land like this is where a lot of maple grows right um speaking of trees actually uh we have some kind of Fungus growing on a bunch of the trees on our property that are all, mm. all going to have to come down and <gasps> apparently that particular type of tree and I can't remember What it's called ash actually
0: ash ah. apparently yeah ash borers apparently it's killing all of the ash in this area. It's bad. That huge tree that's in my yard, mm-hmm. that was an ash and got taken down. So the there will be just no ash mm. because of the, this particular,
1: yeah, these ash borers or whatever. And, and just to think that like an entire,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, type of tree could just become non-existent. Well, the because... American chestnut
0: is a good point where mm-hmm. it used to be, um, I don't know, somewhere like maybe like 100 years ago for sure, like 25% of the forest around here. That's huge. That? Yeah. And then it now. died from, I believe, a fungus. And so you can imagine that the forest would change yes, dramatically. Significantly. Yeah. I mean, even like looking from the insect point of view, like if moths were to host on that tree or mm-hmm. other insects, it's gone. They're gone. So, so unless are they there adapt.
1: so how right. Unless they adapt or then or the mm-hmm. conditions change and eventually they can make a comeback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that they have never made a comeback. They
1: haven't made a comeback.
0: No. They I mean, to. time is
1: a colonial construct. Yeah, and <laughs> I feel like I've said that before on this podcast, but... Um, we'll say it again. But, we'll, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, there's still lots of time.
0: And same for, like, Elm. We're seeing lot of Elm and the mm-hmm. Ash are on the decline. These are waves and, like... I'm just gonna bring another moth moment in here, please. Um, <laughs> this is becoming
1: a moth podcast, basically. We're yeah, we're switching <laughs> gears.
0: We're pivoting. Uh, last year, the the um, the dispar moth were everywhere. They were all over everything, and they were causing a huge amount. They defoliate trees an insane amount, and people are getting so intense about it. Was and... it the
1: Were those the ones where like all the caterpillars? The, the yeah, cer- they were dropping yep. everywhere. Yes. Okay.
0: And so people are like when there's too many bugs, they just wanna spray them with chemicals. So mm. it's such a I, I just really wanna point against that. Like it ebbs and flows, right? Like we're talking about yeah. in these trees. Like the like species decline, too, right? yeah. yeah, and then they will rise again. Like, mm-hmm. there are cycles yeah. that will, like, curb the Lymantria yes, from, yes. you know, yeah, everything. Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, that's how, like, uh, with <laughs> weed cycles, I know that, like, garlic mustard is, like, super and its, like, cycle now. And Tamara, actually, who we had on the show, was mm-hmm. told me that it's around, like, seven-year cycle, ah. which is interesting, mm. you know, and just to, to, like, let it run its course and not to panic and spray everything. Oh and God. also, you can eat garlic mustard, so... Yeah. But ash trees, you can tap,
0: right? I read. I've never done. But
1: I think that these ash borers just eat everything from the inside. So the arborist was saying if you cut it, through, mm. you'll it'll just be like dead and hollow. Mm. Yeah, because they they burr inside or whatever. Anyways, no ash syrup for anyone. Anything? Anything else you want to tell us about um,
0: your yeah? So research? Um, maple syrup. want to make the traditional maple syrup there are around six species of maple trees here that you it's not just like the sugar maple you can tap other types of maple black red silver norway maple or norway maple and box elder which is manitoba maple doesn't look like a maple at all it has like ash leaves but anyways yeah you can tap that hmm um and that one's about 60 to 1. 60 but, to 1. Okay. Yeah, and, like, all the different flavors or um, varieties of maple tree. It's, like, varieties of grapes, you know. It's, like, the terroir. Like, that matters. If it's, like, a swamp maple and it's growing in, like, a really moist, swampy environment, that's going to taste different. different. Yeah. Right? where And sometimes, like, the sugars are more concentrated in some of them. So, yeah, it depends. Like, they're, mm. you're going to get different flavors out of all these trees. Um, we mentioned birch being amazing. That's the next one that people think on. But again, that 110 gallon to one um, of sap to syrup ratio, yeah. like it takes a long time to boil that down. So it ends up being like $400 a gallon for birch syrup. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of deciduous trees you can tap. So like alder, sycamore, elm, linden, ironwood, I guess red oak and apple as well Apple. so armenia maybe you could make that um you could tap like the fruit trees some of them does it harm them at all if they're of the right diameter okay. and they're a healthy tree like a, a tap won't deplete right. them too much
1: right, right 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 yeah oh interesting okay
0: and then the other types of trees that you can do the juglens family which is the like black walnut mm-hmm. and butternut and heart nuts and bart nuts? And we have a lot of black that. walnut here. Yeah. Like a lot. I have a giant one in my yard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you should tap, tap it.
0: You <laughs> oh, <we> should. Yeah. <laughs> I think they run a little bit later as well. I'm not quite sure. But um, yeah, that would be an interesting to try. And I think uh, it is a higher sugar sap as well. Really? Yeah. Higher than maple? Uh, I think so. Okay, we'll look that up. And then you can do hickory too. There's also another type of hickory syrup that I was reading. It's like, you roast the bark of the hickory, and then you make like a sugar water and condense it down, and that's hickory syrup too.
1: You boil the roasted bark,
0: and then you, and then- Or like with sugar, you like, you roast the bark, and then you put it with sugar and water and kind of like condense it down.
1: Oh, yum. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much.
0: Um... Measured excitement, right? You just want to get out there? You want to get in the garden? You want to drink tree juice? March is like, no. Yes. No. Yes. But but no. maybe no. Yeah. It's a total mind fuck. So we're with you. You know, start some seeds inside. Start those heat-loving vegetables. Mm-hmm. Get out and drink tree juice. And do the best you can. Get ready. Because, like, every year it's the same. Where you're like, ah, got lots of time. You feel like you have lots of time. And then all of a sudden it's like May and June. You're like, what the fuck? Like, everything and then the weeds grow
1: i know that's why i'm like i'm gonna mulch now yeah and i'm still not gonna win (laughs) all right thank you
0: everybody for listening happy spring we'll be back at you with uh edible weeds yep first greens of spring
1: Instagram at Salt and Bone
0: Podcast and write a review on your favorite listening platform.